This is an ABC podcast. This is Baby Talk Podcast with Penny Johnston. Like so many other organisations, the Australian Breastfeeding Association is making significant changes to the way it runs classes and delivers help to new parents. I really just encourage any parents or expectant parents to reach out, look at our website, connect with us via social media, start to create that breastfeeding and parenting support network if you have the time before you have the baby, because although you might be thinking at this point in time, how the heck am I going to get that baby out of my body? Because we're all focused on the birth leading up to the birth, but literally the second that that baby comes out, the next thing you're going to be thinking about is how am I going to feed this baby? Moving classes and help sessions online is just one way the ABA is responding to the COVID-19 pandemic. But online changes aside, the ABA is still helping new parents just as professionally as it always has. Nicole Bridges is a volunteer breastfeeding counsellor with the Australian Breastfeeding Association and she's also been part of facilitating some of the new education live sessions on the website. But she's also here to tell us how the ABA is helping parents access help and support through a range of innovative seminars and meetups. But Nicole, before we get started on the new technology the ABA is embracing, Surely everybody has a good story about how they came across and joined the Australian Breastfeeding Association in the first place? It was really because I just wanted some mummy friends. I was quite young when I had my first in my early 20s and I was one of my, the first of my peer group to have children and I'd kind of gotten to the end of our local community health services run uh, parenting support groups. They usually go for about six weeks. And I got to the end of that and I was just looking for a new peer group to connect with, really. That's how it started. So no dire breastfeeding stories? No, not for me. Breastfeeding was going okay, which is one of the reasons I never really contacted them earlier in the piece because I thought it was only an organisation for women who had breastfeeding problems, but it actually isn't. And obviously once I joined, I discovered that. At the moment when it's so difficult for women who've just had a baby with all the restrictions and worries about health concerns with COVID-19, how particularly has the Australian Breastfeeding Association had to adapt? Yeah, look, we've had to adapt extremely quickly, as most people have. And I guess because we are an organisation of passionate volunteers, we've been quite nimble in that space. So we literally went from offering a range of services, many of those are face-to-face in local communities. At at, at the grassroots level, we do have mums groups that meet face-to-face. So literally within you know, days, we had to move all of those or as many as possible to other facilities such as Zoom. Fortunately, we do have quite a lot of of innovative forward thinkers in our organisation. So a lot of our groups were already trialling other technologies like Facebook Live and those kinds of things. And we do use Zoom as an organisation for running training and running meetings and, and other things anyway. So a lot of our volunteers were quite au fait with those technologies. And for many of them, it wasn't a huge leap to move across. It was probably a bigger jump for the mums that we were supporting. Have you noticed something different about the mums that have given birth during this pandemic? Are they coping okay? The ones that I have come in contact with seem to be coping better than I anticipated. Definitely there has been a sense for many of them that the healthcare system hasn't provided all of the support that they have needed. And because, you know, most local health services have been 
pretty much stopped in terms of antenatal education for parents, postnatal education and support, that face-to-face -face support really just stopped overnight. For many of them, it was quite scary and quite lonely. And I do remember myself saying that if I was a first-time parent in the middle of a pandemic, I would be extremely scared and afraid and feel quite lonely because as we know, parenting for the first time particularly is hard enough under the best of circumstances. Without all of those face-to-face -face support mechanisms in place, without the ability to, to meet face-to-face -face with our friends, family support networks, it's even more so difficult. But now the ones that I have come in contact with seem to be doing quite well. But we must understand that, you know, the mums that we come into contact with are often the, the types that will reach out for help. I'm concerned about the mums that we don't see and that we don't speak to. If you were one of those mums, what would you get out of a reach out request to the Australian Breastfeeding Association right now? We've had our National Breastfeeding Helpline in operation for many, many years now. And of course, that is still ongoing. It's a 24-7 free call 1-800-686-268 and parents can contact us at any time on that helpline so that service is unchanged the other way that parents find and reach out is through our website breastfeeding.asn.au and there's a lot of information on the website including videos information sheets those types of things the other thing we've started quite recently is a national Facebook page where mums can also join the page, follow the page. And it's actually a group. We've, we've had a page for quite some time, but we've got a new group. So it's a closed group and parents can become members and they can ask their breastfeeding questions there. So it's fully moderated by fully trained volunteers like myself. And it's a place where mums can go to find correct, accurate, evidence-based information, which unfortunately not all parenting support pages have out there. there. There is a lot of interesting information on the internet, as we know even more so with social media. So um, it's a place where parents can get that evidence-based information in a supportive, you know, in a supportive environment as well. So that's another, that's absolutely booming. We only started that a couple of months ago and it's really going leaps and bounds. We've been running closed Facebook groups for many years at our local group level but this is the first one we're doing on a national scale. So it's great to see all of the support and the benefit of that support that women have been getting on social media, just expanding. And I think at a time that it's crucial, it's absolutely critical to get that kind of support online as well. The other thing that we do is, of course, as I said earlier, we've moved our face-to-face -face meetings online. So we used to have group meetings or mums groups. A lot of those have been moved online. We basically are setting up Zoom meetings at various times during the week where a local volunteer will be running a topic. So the topic might be about nighttime parenting or about returning to work and breastfeeding or any other number of breastfeeding and parenting issues. So parents can basically just hop onto Zoom and join a support group of women around the country now. It used to be that we would meet with our local neighbours, our community members who were in our local area. So I guess one of the silver linings of COVID is that parents can now get that support anytime from anywhere. So if there's a, you know, mum lives in Sydney and there's a group meeting being run in Perth that suits her, she can just join along. It really doesn't matter where she lives. It is a nice idea. Do, do you encourage women to find groups that suit the age of their baby or geographic location or is it time? Do you, do you encourage them to join the same group every week to try and make friends? 
Yeah, we don't really oversee that or encourage that either way. I, mean, I know that some support networks, they like to group parents, you know, by due dates or by you know, ages of babies. I think one of the, the points of difference about the ABA that a lot of women really appreciate is the fact that when you come to one of our meetings or join us online, you're actually joining a community of mothers that have uh, from all different aspects and stages of parenting. So even though it is nice to, to get together with people in exactly the same boat as you, who have, you know, perhaps a child of a very similar age, it's also really good and enriching to actually meet with parents who are at different stages of the parenting journey. So to actually, you know, see that mum who's onto her second baby, has a four or a five-year-old, and seeing how that parenting journey has been for her, and seeing how she's overcome a lot of those critical points in parenting and how she's kind of gotten out the other side. So I think that's a really important aspect of, of, the, of mothering culture is actually being exposed to parents at all stages and ages of their parenting journey. One of the reasons why a lot of women would expect to get in contact with you guys is if you were having trouble with breastfeeding and the breastfeeding counsellors provide such an important role for overcoming some of those terrible problems with breastfeeding. But how does it work in a virtual world? I mean, you know, how, do you, how can you tell that you've got that baby on in the right spot and the latch is going okay? Is breastfeeding counselling and coaching something that can transfer to online? Absolutely. I mean, and traditionally, the majority of our counselling has happened over the phone anyway. We never could see the mothers. So actually, Zoom and those kinds of technologies have, have actually advanced what we can do counselling-wise. You know, the mums that we see at our group meetings, at our mums groups, are only a very small percentage of the overall parents that we help. It actually is possible to chat with a mum via Zoom and see what she's doing. She can position her camera in such a way that we can see what's happening. Yeah, I think it's absolutely possible. Zoom has actually made it a little bit easier and, and those types of technologies have made it a little bit easier, video calls, to actually see what's going on. And if, there, you know, if there's something really quite medical going on in terms of the attachment and if things aren't going as we expect, at that point we would generally refer a mother on to a health professional anyway, so someone like a lactation consultant. It certainly hasn't hampered the way that we counsel parents and, as I said earlier, it's actually provided more access to more mothers in some ways because we are jumping into these technologies. Are women expressing surprise or enthusiasm for the fact that even though it is virtual, this is a way to connect during those sort of crazy new baby times? Yeah, I absolutely can see that, you know, that they really appreciate the service that we provide. And often they're quite shy about coming along to their own their first virtual meet that you know when you see the mums coming back and see them engaging in conversation and making friends online you really do appreciate how much it is having a positive impact on being able to get that support while being within the safety of their own home but still being able to connect with other mothers which is such a vital part of you know parenting surviving parenting <laughs> Yeah, and I love the fact that if you really wanted to, you could put a, a Zoom background behind you or you just have to have a, a section of the house that's clean rather than the yep. whole place. Zoom's fabulous for hiding all kinds of sins around the home. In some ways, often parents, when they are coming along, thinking of coming along to one of our face-to-face -face group meetings, it can be quite intimidating walking into a room of strangers. Zoom actually makes it a little bit less intimidating because you're not actually there in person. Some mothers who might not otherwise have connected with us have actually 
connected with us for that very reason, that it has, it has actually made it a bit easier. The other support that we're also offering, not just for parents, but also for expectant parents. So um, mothers can all, and, parent, and fathers, all parents can attend our, um, they called it's a new product called a Breastfeeding Education Live. So traditionally we've run breastfeeding education classes, BEX, and they, they run antenatally face-to-face in local communities. So parents who would usually come along to around a, a four-hour session, usually held on a weekend. We encourage them to come fairly close, but not too close to the due date, sort of being between sort of the sixth and eighth month. So the mother doesn't forget everything by the time she has the baby, but it's not so close that she ends up in labour in the middle of the class. But obviously with that, um, with COVID, we've had to stop all of those around the country. So within a space of only three weeks, a team of volunteers, including myself, actually developed an entirely new product called Breastfeeding Education Live. It's a combination. We use a learning management system where we upload a whole range of resources for parents to access before and after the class. But they also actually attend a face-to-face live Zoom session. It goes for around one and a half to two hours. We go through some, some slides and some information, some interactive activities. And we actually also have a new parent come along and discuss her experiences of breastfeeding in the early days and parenting as well. So we're actually finding that they've been very well received the feedback's been awesome so far and they're booking out on a weekly basis and again because most hospitals and and local health services have completely stopped any of that antenatal face-to-face education and we started offering them in april and yeah have been have been doing them ever since and they've been very popular so that's another way that parents who haven't even had their babies yet can connect with us and find out who we are and get that support network in place before they even have the baby I can imagine it would be so important because you just don't want to be in a hospital setting at any point unless you have to at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's great in that, as horrible as it's been, it's actually good in that it has forced us to very quickly think of other ways to support parents. And, and I'm all for finding new and novel ways to support parents any way that we can. It is a kind of almost instinctive, if you are the parent of a brand new baby, to kind of want to hunker down and, you know, lockdown is sort of a natural state of affairs that your body craves, I almost think. Yeah. yeah, and traditionally in many cultures, that's exactly what mothers do. You know, they have that 40-day period of rest where they are at home being supported, being weighted on hand and foot, and their only job is to keep that baby fed. Funnily yeah, sadly, enough, most, most lockdown doesn't come with those sort of ancillary benefits. No, 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 but it wouldn't be good. <laughs> I agree. It sounds like the Australian Breastfeeding Association has, you've been on a steep learning curve, you've adapted magnificently. Do you see yourselves giving up any of these online games or is this the way forward in the future? Yeah, look, I, you know, the bells, the breastfeeding education live are here to stay. This was one of the things on our list, on our wish list for quite some time. So it was, it kind of forced us into doing that very quickly. So that's certainly something that we'll continue to offer, even once we can start supporting antenatally face to face. There will be certain, you know, certainly there will be an element who, who want to do it that way often because they're remote, you know, rural or remote and don't have access to a group close to them or for whatever reason they do just prefer learning online, which as we change in terms of the population and our generations become more tech savvy, we are finding that the younger generation of mothers are definitely in a lot of ways preferring online learning, preferring online connection, less and less likely to want to make a phone call 
And that's the other thing that we have, not in, in reaction to COVID, but prior to that, we've also started a live chat function on our website. And we have found that that obviously has increased over time as well, because often mums are just calling us on the helpline to find out something easy, like how long can I keep express breast milk in the fridge for? Or you know, something simple like that. So our live chat function means that when the mother goes to our website, a little pop-up box happens at the moment. It's offered 8 to 10 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, Monday to Friday, but we're going to be expanding that service into the future. And so if she, ha she can just ask a question and the community educator on the other end can then make an assessment about whether they think it needs can be answered by them or if they think it's a situation that does require counselling. So they can push through some information sheets from our website and other suggestions, but then of course refer them back to the helpline if they think that that's what that mother needs to do as well. So we're finding that's becoming an increasingly popular service because yeah, the, the, the younger mums do actually like to reach out and engage with those, those technologies instead of making a phone call in some situations. Being online has even the playing field for all of us that live and work in the country for yes. once we're just as well off as the city. Yeah, and it's just been interesting, even prior to COVID, just watching the change in the generations and how technologies played a different role. I actually comp recently completed my PhD and my, my PhD topic was actually looking at how breastfeeding parents engage with support via closed Facebook groups. So it was really interesting to see the findings from that research in that, you know, people of our generation and older, when the internet was a new thing, and particularly social media, there was, I think there was a fear among certain elements that social media was going to completely change and redefine the way that we interact with people and in a bad way, would make us into social hermits who would only talk to other people from behind a computer screen. And ironically, that's exactly how our lives are like, thanks to this virus. But what my research found was that it actually didn't replace face, using Facebook groups for support didn't replace face-to-face -face communication. It actually, in many cases, complemented the services that we already provide face-to-face, -face, but it also just provided immediacy. So a mum who might be up at 2am feeding and wondering why it's the fifth time she's woken up in three hours, she could just get online and put a post on Facebook and know that someone somewhere would be able to answer that immediately for her and provide just some support for her rather than having to wait till next Tuesday when her local ABA group meets and, and have a chat to them then. It provided that immediate support. Um, it also often provided more opportunities to meet face-to-face. -face. You know, it, I, I did witness on quite a few occasions posts from mothers in their local Facebook group saying, oh, look, you know, the kids are driving me nuts today. I just need to get out of the house. Would someone like to meet at the local park at 12 o'clock? So again, social media can provide additional opportunities for face-to-face -face communication and, and interaction rather than just completely replacing it altogether. So I think we should, yeah, I'm all for embracing social media. It's kind of a double-edged sword. We see the very, very best of people on social media and the very worst of people. But when it's harnessed in a positive way, it can really make a positive change. If people are listening to this, maybe pregnant women are listening to this, how do you check out what is available for parents with the Australian Breastfeeding Association? The best place to start is our website breastfeeding.asn.au and that will connect you to all of our services. There is postcode finder so if you want to make a connection with your local group members and, and volunteers you can do a postcode search and that will lead you to the um, email address for your local group. 
So you might want to ask some questions about what's going on in your local area. We have information sheets on specific breastfeeding and parenting issues. There'll be a link to the helpline, to live chat, to our breastfeeding education live if you are expecting a baby and wanting to get some antenatal education. All of those services can be accessed via the website. That's probably the best place to start. Breastfeeding education live, I really think that's a really important one to get behind and I might be a bit biased, but it really is an awesome product. And as I said, we've only had positive feedback from the participants so far. And I think our, our, our new closed national Facebook group, which is Breastfeeding with the ABA, is another really great one for parents to connect with to get, as I said, that evidence-based positive support that you'll, you'll not find anywhere else on Facebook because it is moderated and administered by trained volunteers like myself. A lot of people don't realise that trained volunteers of the Australian Breastfeeding Association, we have a certificate for level qualification. It's a nationally recognised qualification. We're a registered training organisation. So our counsellors and our community educators all have a certificate for in breastfeeding education. Very well trained. There's one myth that continues to perpetuate around about the Australian Breastfeeding Association. You are not into forcing women to breastfeed at all costs. There are plenty of options available and you are happy to help women feed their babies however that may be yeah absolutely and we actually have a code of ethics that all of our volunteers must abide by and one of the clauses within that code is about not being dogmatic so it's not about breastfeeding at all costs it's really about supporting the mother where she is at providing evidence-based, accurate information and empowering her to make her own decisions. That's what we are all about. And we have mums who come from day one who might be formula feeding and we treat them just the same as the mum who's sitting there fully breastfeeding. And what we find when we do that is that that mum who was formula feeding her first baby might come along the next time and hopefully be breastfeeding because she's learnt a lot along the way from us as well. And of course, the other thing is a lot of mums these days are mixed feeding, they're doing a combination. And again, we provide all the information and support that they can do to, to, to achieve that as well. We really just want to help each individual mother meet her breastfeeding goals, whether that's two weeks, two months, two years, whatever it is that she wants to do. That's what we will help her to do. And it's funny, you know, the ABA, we offer, it's kind of a bit of a tall poppy syndrome. I think because we are recognised as the authority in, in Australia on breastfeeding, we often get the blame for everybody's problems. Bad so, breastfeeding. Yeah, still. so often we'll hear from a mum who's, who said, oh, well, the, the ABA counsellor in the hospital told me I couldn't do this. Well, we know we don't work in hospitals. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. That, that would, would have been another health, would have been a health professional. But it's... I think we do get tarred with the same brush as other people as well. It's not always the ABA person that said it. It's, it's maybe some other breastfeeding person. Is there a similar organisation that has such a wide coverage across an entire population anywhere else in the world? There are obviously other support breastfeeding support networks in other countries, but the ABA is actually considered world-class, world-leading of all, all of those. And I, I often, as an academic, go to other countries to present my my research about breastfeeding and, and the support that we provide and we are always received extremely well and we are regarded very highly because we do have that code of ethics and everything is evidence-based so we will not ever recommend anything that does not come from the best possible current evidence at that point in time and we're continuously updating we actually have a breastfeeding information research center and it's people who are actually working on 
looking at the most up-to-date research and ensuring that our policies and our recommendations match that. I really just encourage any parents or expectant parents to reach out, look at our website, connect with this via social media, start to create that breastfeeding and parenting support network if you have the time before you have the baby, because although you might be thinking at this point in time, how the heck am I going to get that baby out of my body? Because we're all focused on the birth leading up to the birth, but literally the second that that baby comes out, the next thing you're going to be thinking about is how am I going to feed this baby so it's really great if you can get that information and support network in place before you do have the baby and I'd also reassure parents too that breastfeeding is, is kind of like birth in a lot of ways in that we only hear the horror stories we oh, yes. often hear the really really horrible stories but the reality is that even though breastfeeding can be difficult for many people for the vast majority, it actually works quite easily and it's uneventful. Please, for any new expectant parents, don't go in assuming the worst will happen. Breastfeeding issues are not inherited. So please don't think because my sister couldn't breastfeed, my mother couldn't breastfeed, my auntie had inverted nipples, that you're going to have the same problem. I go into it eyes wide open, fully informed and educated and hope for the best and usually it, it you know it does work out okay that's the other thing to remember as well i think there have been a, a few rumors going around that you know you might catch your baby could catch COVID from you or from your breast milk and, and there's actually been some research done on that already and it's impossible babies yeah. don't catch COVID from breast milk now more than ever it's more important to breastfeed if, if at all possible Nicole Bridges, a volunteer breastfeeding counsellor with the Australian Breastfeeding Association. And great news, so much assistance and seminars and classes going online. There will be links on the Baby Talk website, which you can find by searching Baby Talk. But the ABA is pretty accessible online too. Just search Australian Breastfeeding Association and I'm sure you'll find their website with lots of great information and ways of using technology to catch up and baby talk of course is on facebook and instagram too with links to other episodes we've recently aired last week we tackled a complicated topic all about the tax rebates and payments available for families that the federal government is making available during this covid19 crisis all of our payments now we encourage people you know why wait in a phone queue to provide us with this information when in fact you can do it online so what we're doing is we're encouraging people to open a MyGov account, link that MyGov account to their Centrelink payment, and then you can start doing business with us online. If you've just discovered us, Baby Talk is a weekly podcast that is, I'm hoping, really helpful during this current crisis. And of course, we have great information online too. Do subscribe if you are a new parent. This is a great opportunity to make sure you don't miss an episode when it goes online. I'm Penny Johnston, and I'll see you next time on Baby Talk. ABC Baby Talk is a weekly podcast on ABC Digital Radio, wherever you get your podcasts and on the ABC Listen app. Like us on Facebook to find out as soon as a new episode is ready. Just search for ABC Baby Talk. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.